Hey everybody, Eric Kasloff here with his good buddy Larry Sands, and we're here today to tell you about our sponsors, Anchor.fm. Larry, tell the good people more about Anchor. Well, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. They give you everything you need all in one place for free. How much? That's free. Are you serious? Yeah, it's free, and you can use it right from your phone or your computer. They give you the creation tools. They allow you to record and edit your podcast, so it sounds great. And we're talking Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, even freaking Spotify, man. You could be listening to Abbey Road and then wonder, hey, I wonder who Eric and Larry talked to this week. Then, bam, we're busting in your ears just like the Fab Four. The best part about all this, you can easily make money from your podcast. Hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that these fine folks at Anchor are going to give you the tools you need to make your podcast and then help you get paid for it? Absolutely. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My wait, 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 Eric, what's going on? Uh, oh, wait, okay, wait, oh, wait, wait, okay, is this one of those things? This is a thing, right? Yeah. It's about the Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, Eric, I understand. I understand, okay. What am I going to have to watch now, Larry? Well, well, what do you mean? Like, what What shows do I have to watch now? I mean... Well, no, Game of Thrones. Aren't you so, talking about... What? Yeah, Game of wait, Thrones wait, 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 is wait, over, no. Larry. Wait, what? No, I yes. thought you were talking about the coffee cup. What? The what? The coffee cup. And then I, the hand that was missing and then it wasn't what? missing. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Larry. What about the water bottle? What water bottle? In the Game of Thrones. What are you talking about? There was oh. a water bottle in Game of Thrones? Well, yeah, and a coffee cup. Well, it was a Starbucks coffee cup. <laughs> or Starbucks wasn't saying it was, but it was. It looked like a coffee cup, but it was sitting right there. Is that what you're talking about? No, the show's over now. And Wait, wait, I, what? The last episode, and I don't know. Yeah, I haven't even... It's okay, Eric. It's okay. There's okay, other things. Okay, so I'm going to do the opening again, all right? Okay. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name's... Uh, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Stein. Say hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. So, are you for real? Like, what are you, what are you going to do now? pretty. It's like Sunday was awesome for me. I went to yeah. church. I went to see John Wick Chapter 3. I come home thinking, you know, I'll catch the last episode of Game of Thrones and then watch the wrestling pay-per-view. And yeah, it, it, it didn't go well after that. Right. I saw, I saw your tweet. And so, so, so everything up until the wrestling pay-per-view, why, what, so what's going on? I've been, I haven't been in wrestling for a long time. So what what? is going on? It's a whole other podcast where I'll have to explain stuff to you, Larry, but yeah, Sunday morning and afternoon. Awesome. Sunday night. Not, not so good, Larry. Not, not so good for me. Well, okay. But what, what was the pay-per-view? Well, we'll talk about this later. I don't want to talk about it right now. The the wounds are it's still upsetting fresh. you. Fresh. It it's it's really upsetting you. It right. Did. I mean, I was 
physically angry. I my I got a headache. And you know, the Game of Thrones stuff, I was happy with the ending of Game of Thrones. I think mm-hmm. I'm one of the few people who can say that. The very but few, I think. The ending of Money in the Bank last night, the WWE pay-per-view gave me a headache. And I think I'm all done with them and I'm just gonna wait for AEW to start in October. Now we were we were briefly talking about that, and that's the new wrestling, the new wrestling company, company, right? Yeah. So so what is the deal with 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 the WWE now? I mean, are they I, thinking? I think they're antagonizing me as a fan. Oh, oh, is that Chewy? Yeah, let me let him out. Oh, hi, Chewy. And for everybody that doesn't know, Chewy is his little dog. Chewy Kazoff. He has his own Instagram. It's amazing. You guys got to follow. <laughs> But hey, Larry, um, how is your time in LA going right now? I going good, you know, staying busy. It's it's really weird um, because in Texas I have this set schedule, but then when I come to LA, everything is just all kinds of crazy. Work here, doing podcasts here, um, so it's it's just been it's been crazy, but it's been good to be back. I tell you. You know, and you and I met in LA, and I think you've met other people in LA also, right? I have. I have awesome creative people. I have. I. That's what. Yeah, yeah. A lot of awesome creative people, and which uh, today we have a very special guest. I I met. Well, first of all, let me introduce her. Hello, Melissa Randall. How are you? Hello, Melissa. Hello for coming on the show today. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Um, Now, now, uh, oddly enough, Eric, being in L.A., you meet a lot of different people who are uber creative and uber talented. And and Melissa is is. uh, I was going to say an exception to the rule, but she's not because she's like super, super talented, super creative. And she's always, well, my God, she's on the phone. How about we just not talk about her? Let's talk to her. <laughs> so, so Melissa, I know, I, let's see, I've met you, let's see, a couple years ago, more than a couple years ago. Several right? years ago. I think it was, gosh, it might've been three, four years ago. At LA Cookie Con. We were at LA Cookie Con and you came up to my booth and you you said, hey, can I interview you? And I was like, sure, go ahead. And we did this great interview and then you came back (laughs) and said, I just want to let you know that my sound guy forgot to push play on oh sound. Oh my gosh. Can we please do your interview again? And I was like, okay. Oh <laughs> and we, we redid the interview. And then you and I, like after that, became friends and uh, started collaborating together after that. So, yes, yeah, yes, that was did. a fun moment. <laughs> you, you like, know, what kind it, of interviewer forgets to push the sound button? <laughs> you know, so. When, Unfortunately, unfortunately, see, that, see, that's the problem when you, you, you never we, mentioned that part of the story when we talked, oh, Larry. It's starting to break up. There's a lot of interference. I can't hear anybody. Yes. But, see, that, that's, that, see, that's the thing when you, when you, and see, I, I, I find it more often than not that when, when you hire somebody or have like a friend who says, Hey, I can run the camera. Let's just go. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So I'll do the interview and you just, you shoot it and you make sure everything sounds good. So 
we went to cookie con and we were like oh this is great you know he he's doing good he's recording everything we meet melissa and and all of a sudden it was just like a, a cool instant connection and we were just man that first interview i wish you guys could have seen it oh it was amazing Obviously. i'm sure it felt so great <laughs> and then, but we never and saw it <laughs> i know and and we were walking yeah. away and and he leans over his name was mike he leans over and he goes hey i got something i gotta tell you go dude that's a great interview he goes yeah that's what i want to talk to you about and i'm like what the <laughs> yeah right? and i'm like i, I, and, and, I yeah. stood there and i was like mike you don't understand we had to look professional now we got to go back to this to this to, to this the to this girl this young lady this this entrepreneur a business owner mm. and go oh gosh shucks guess what you didn't push record record and see it was never him people look at me and go why did you not push record? What do you, what do you right. And it's like, yeah. Ooh. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. I gotta say, this really speaks of your character and what a kind person you are, Melissa, for redoing. <laughs> a lot of Aww. people would have just been, you know what? You're, you're Bush League. Go away from me. <laughs> No. So, you know, I was thinking about that and I'm going to say a couple of things here just for the people listening. They're probably thinking, what in the world is LA cookie con? And I just, I need to tell you that this is an entire convention full of desserts, sweet treats, and mainly focused on cookies. And what I was doing there is I own a kid's baking party business and I was doing cookie decorating in the kid's section for all the children that came to cookie con. And I was getting interviewed and photographed all day and Larry comes in and he's the sweet guy and he's like, Hey, I really love what you have going on here because I have this whole booth set up and everything is bright and colorful, awesome. mostly pink. And it's like this cartoon kitchen backdrop. And I get a lot of attention there with, especially because it's in the kids zone and kids are coming through and Larry comes up and he's like, Hey, I love what you do and what you're stand, what you stand for. I, I would, I want to talk to you. And so we had this great interview. And like you said, it was so fun and great. But the thing that got me was when he came back, he was so, so, so sometimes people might not ever come back because they don't want to say, Oh, I made a mistake and look bad. Right. Well, he came back and he, he was so transparent and so kind in his, well, we got to do this again because I really like, I really love this interview, but I, you know, it's all messed up or whatever. And my first thought was like, well, who does that? But then just him being so open made me go, well, of course I would love to interview with you again. And then we had an instant connection that we didn't even have in the first one because now we when people are human they become more interesting i'm sure you can relate to that yeah and so in that moment he was like you know after the second interview <laughs> he was like you know i i want to work with you i want to i want to help you in some way i don't know how i can even do that but i i believe in what you're doing and i didn't forget that because there's a lot of times that, especially living in Los Angeles, you kind of get lost in the hustle 
And people don't care what you're doing. And when somebody, when anyone in the world says, I believe in what you're doing, it's very touching. And so after that, you know, Larry followed up and then we filmed baking videos together. And then I told him about my dreams. And then he was like, I want to help you with that too. And so that's what we did. And that's really how our relationship started was over a a microphone that didn't turn on. But if he had never, if that microphone had turned on and the interview had gone fine, I don't think all the things we later created together. And in fact, this podcast right now would have ever been, none of it, likely none of it would have ever happened. Uh, so it was meant to be, it was meant to be that you had a microphone guy that couldn't turn the microphone on (laughs) so we could have a friendship later. So that's what I think. (laughs) You know, I don't believe in coincidences. Every meeting we have has a purpose to it. And there's this great story a very long time ago in London, there was this kid who was really into American blues music and he felt he was the only British kid who was into it. He went to a record store and bought a blues album was waiting for his train and saw another kid with a blues album. Later on, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards went on to change music as we know it. That's cool. And speaking of them, my mom, she is going to go see their uh, concert from them in in D.C. like next month or something. So that's cool. She was just telling me yesterday that she's, she and my stepdad are trying to catch some of the old bands before they're not around anymore. Right. And they're, they're making their rounds and they're seeing them like in a month. So that's cool. If anyway, I don't know a, why I just did that. <laughs> if they get a chance to see Paul McCartney, I saw him last year, maybe the best concert of my life, but I very want- cool. I could have, mm-hmm. I want to talk about your webpage. And again, there will be a link to it in the descriptions of this video. It is an awesome, very welcoming um, webpage. I love the color scheme of it and all the stuff it takes you to is fantastic. Well, thank you. My goal with all of that. So as I briefly mentioned, I host in-home all-inclusive baking parties, cooking parties, cupcake decorating parties, and challenge parties like um, that kind of recreate TV shows like Nailed It or Cupcake Wars. So I, I, I host these in-home parties all over Los Angeles. I bring the dishes, the ingredients, and all the fun to the location. And then I create these really fun interactive parties for kids where I want them to own their own creativity and to take risks and make choices. And then after the party's all over, we've had the best time ever. And I clean everything up, take it all away. And mom or dad, whoever hired me, just had a really easy for them uh, interactive experience for their kid's birthday party. So when I, when people click on my website or my Instagram or whatever, I want people to be able to get a sense of who I am and what to expect by just looking at that without even hearing my voice or meeting me in person to say, Oh, look, this person looks trustworthy, friendly, and it looks like a fun time. And 
most uh, moms are usually the ones that call me say, I just love the way everything looks. It looks thought out and put together. And that's kind of what I wanted to go for is creating that trustability just by clicking on the website to get an idea of who I might be and, and what and, I do. <laughs> actually, mm -hmm. I have firsthand knowledge of seeing Melissa at work because um, when we got the, uh, the, the baking videos, we had so much fun. Um, so and, fun. <laughs> oh, man. And those were very good. We all had like a little uh, eating party after. Um, but yes, was, we baked all delicious. this stuff and then everybody was just gorging themselves and all these delicious treats because the whole kitchen was just covered in brownies and and cupcakes and whatever we made that day. <laughs> oh, it was great. And, and, and actually, I, I mean, firsthand knowledge is, I, Melissa, first of all, you, uh, just as a person, you're, you're awesome. But as a performer, as an entertainer, as an entrepreneur, um, I think, and this is obviously just me, maybe not, but you have, you have such a way that, that you hold yourself and your character for baking with Melissa. Um, and obviously we weren't around a bunch of kids. Well, I mean, figuratively speaking, because everybody that was on set was like a big kid afterward, but all the <laughs> energy that you bring, um, uh, you are just a, a special person. And, um, Thank you. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I can attest to, to how fun everything is um, um, when, you, when you bake. So, yeah. Um, Thank you. And I want to say something from a, some, you know, someone that doesn't know you personally, but looking at your Instagram and talking to you, it really feels like when people have you come for, like, the baking parties and stuff like that, you're getting a kid's show in your home that, is, that involves baking. So what you're, you're not just getting some lady who comes in and bakes with kids. There is that out there, but I also have an entertainment background. So, and my passion is involved as well. I've been teaching children the art of cooking, baking, and as well as acting for over 20 years. So I tell people all the time, kids are my people. We speak the same language. They trust me. And every experience that I go into, I try to set my intention that this is this particular uh, experience is going to be so special for that group of people. So I, I go in every single experience with every single person or child that I'm going to give them 100% of who I am in every experience. So I... That's my goal every time is to try to somehow create a fun, special environment or activity, depending on what it is that we're doing, and have them all leaving like they just had the best time and not necessarily even knowing why or how, just that they felt good about themselves, they felt brave, they felt inspired i'll hear children say all the time wow this is the best birthday party i've ever been to <laughs> and and they don't know why you know and but i see moms out there watching and they're just kind of mesmerized that somehow i can take a group of 20 children and they'll all just 
silence and listen to every word I say because I'm I'm more of an entertainer. I'm not just the lady standing there saying we're going to make cupcakes now, kids. You know, <laughs> instead I I I kind of create almost like a magical. It's almost like, you know, a, ma- a magician coming to the birthday party. It's like this magical experience where it's just not, not just the cupcakes. There's more going on in my mind and what I'm trying to bring to the table for each experience. And I tell you, I have to kind of channel in and go to what I refer to as my higher power and, and kind of create this experience in my mind before I walk into each each party because I want to make sure that I'm bringing 100% of the best version of me for every experience. So I have to do a lot of work, not only prep work, but just mind working with me and because, you know, life happens and we're not always happy, but I still want to show up for these kids as if that, that moment is like the most important moment in the whole entire world for that day, you know? So exactly. I don't know. I've worked with kids and teenagers and, you know, things at summer camps and stuff like that. And you never know that one interaction you have with a kid could really change the whole direction of their life. And if it's something just like teaching them how to bake a cupcake, they could be a kid that feels they can't do anything right. But then... Yeah. You come in and you encourage them and then they think, Hey, I did this. What else could I do? And then they just get exactly. addicted to success. Yeah. I caught on to this. So like you, I taught at summer camps for many years. And this particular summer camp was an all boys summer camp in the woods of New Hampshire. I taught acting and directed their shows there for 10 summers of my adult life. I wow. leave LA go to the woods of New Hampshire, teach and direct shows in the woods on a lake. It was amazing. And then I'd come back to LA and I started catching on to the idea that if I chose the child that wasn't the best actor to be one of the lead roles, it was more work for me in the long run because they weren't the best actor. The best actors can jump in and take the role on and just go for it. But the kid that is you could tell is the kid that got picked on at school, didn't have much confidence. When I gave him, because it was an all boys camp, so I refer to him as a him. When I gave that child, the one that never gets a break, the lead role and work with them and work with them and work with them. And then when they get that opportunity to shine on the stage, those are life changing moments. And I would see those little lights. Yeah, I, I would see the light go off in their eye, like that glimmer. And and I would have years later parents, and sometimes now even the boys that were boys then, that are men now that say, you know, when you gave me that chance, my life was never the same again. They were they went back to school with confidence or they, they for the first time in their lives, they were pushed up instead of smashed down. Mm-hmm. And it, it was such a cool thing to get to be a part of that once, once I caught on to the power of giving a child a chance when they never get one, I promised myself that I will, I will always give that away. So I, I still teach acting classes to children. It's the only other thing that I do other than my company with baking. And I still have that philosophy as if you can build a child up 
that has nothing, the, the, the benefits for them later in life, it, it's just, yeah. And, and they might not even know that that one time in acting class or that one time they got to play, you know, Romeo on the stage was a moment that would define their success later or give them confidence in life to just speak up and to be heard or to protect themselves or whatever, or to do better in school, then for me, it was worth, it's worth all the extra work to help a child that might not be the best become the best. It's like, I don't know. I'm so empathetic when it comes to children. I'm just so, they are the most special humans to me. So I, for me, I always just want to do the best that I can do to show up and help them go up higher. And uh, that's my mission in the world is just. And I could tell you. that in your voice, you're so <laughs> yeah. passionate about, it. you know, I like to say working with kids has always brought me absolute joy. Working yeah. with teenagers is why I make slasher <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not even joking working with kids puts a yeah. smile on me you get me around a 16 yeah. year old I start thinking about ways Jason could kill them Oh, <laughs> I still have an enormous amount of patience even for teenagers so but I, I hear you they are a little more challenging but yeah, yeah my, my world revolves around kids and I wouldn't have it any other way, which is also part of why Larry and I uh, became friends, I guess, is that I later told him that my biggest dream in life was to create a kid show that incorporated uh, family time in the kitchen, basically to, to create a show that had to do with parents connecting with their children in the kitchen like they did back when I was a kid and our parents were kids. Kitchen time was an important time. So I had this vision back in like I think 2011 that I just never did anything with of creating this kid show that was for a younger generation that has puppetry and animation wow. and messages that talk about believing in yourself and sharing and working with your community. So the messages would be like, not you need to work in, with your community, but it, that would be underneath all the, the visuals going on in the show. And, and Larry and I were talking about the show that I created, but I was, I was too afraid to do anything with it because I didn't believe that I knew what I was even doing or why would anybody want to listen to me about some kids show thing. And, and Larry one day said, well, if you ever decide to do it, I would love to help you film it. That would be what I would love to contribute to that. Because I think that it sounds like a great idea. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I think like a year went by between the time he made that offer and the time I decided. I woke up one day and was like, you know what? Life is so short. And I have this thing I want to do. And it's for the greater good. It's for creating things for children it's for it's a good thing for others and so one day I called him up and I'm like you remember how you offered to film this thing and he was like yeah and I said well I picked a date and it was like I think it was like six weeks in the future and maybe eight weeks but I think it was six and I at the time I didn't have anybody to film it I didn't have 
the puppets made. There was no animation. There were no children to be in the show. I didn't have a director. I had nothing but a date. And I just decided, all right, I'm going to see if I can gather my tribe and see if, if I can find these people to help me create this dream of mine. And so one by one, you know, Larry said, yes. I asked one of my girlfriends who makes puppets, can you make these oven mitt puppets for me? And I told her the idea behind them. And she said, yes. And then I asked somebody, could you be my director? And he said, yes. And then I started finding my actors and they all said, yes. And, and then one day that date was there and I look around this room and I think there was like 16 or 18 people there that day that showed up for me to work for free to help me film my dream. So that's what we did. We shot a five minute sizzle uh, concept, proof of concept or demo reel, however you want to call it. And somebody even offered to write me a theme song. So I have a a jingle (laughs) for the song and we all just, Larry here with the Something Something Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash something something. That's right. They've got so many books, you can't even shake your stick at them. By the way, you can get them for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get it now. Audibletrial.com slash something something or click the link in the description. You know, just now when you were talking about everyone coming together to work with you on the sizzle, it made me think about the ending to my second favorite movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when all the people George Bailey helped, you know, showed up just when he needed it. And yeah, that's exactly the thought that popped into my head. How long did it take you to film the sizzle? Oh, we, we started early in the morning and we're done kind of late in the evening, I believe. It was it seemed like we maybe around six. I don't know. It was it was a long day, but we only spent one day because my team was every single person there are pros at what they were doing. So we were just, you know, getting it done. And I had like a, an assistant director there that has been one of my dear friends from college from year, for years and years. And she was just really on it and keeping everybody on track. So there was no just wasting time. Everybody showed up with their A-game, created this beautiful content. And then we got it all done in one day. We didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, and didn't have to go and do any touch-ups or anything we just got all of it that day so it was really cool one of my best friends wrote the script as well so it it kind of was for everybody I contacted them like I said with like a six-week deadline we're gonna shoot on this day and I you know managed to find a location and get the script written and puppets made and animated characters and everything else so it was it was one of the coolest days of my life and me just realizing that that I was not alone and so for some reason I guess I I had the belief that maybe I was but that day was a life-changing day for me and and for me personally it was like oh wow when you show up for people it really does matter especially if they're brave enough to ask for the help it really matters so yeah now I need to be a 
be a shower upper, I guess. Huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, you know, that's one thing about being in LA and being, you know, obviously on the movie side of things. Um, that's, that's the most hardest thing. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot of people out here that, that, well, uh, I guess in the creative community, they'll just waste your time. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if it's, well, it's, first of all, it's a lack of respect because, you know, just like what you were saying, Melissa, we showed up and we did it and we got it done. And, and we had, we, we each mutually felt like we were a respecter of each of our time. Um, mm-hmm. And, and first of all, that helps big time. Um, yeah. Because again, you know, people, people in the business, you know, there's a lot of time wasters and you become a really yeah. good or you try to become really good at deciphering all those people back and forth. It, it's hard, yeah. sometimes, you know, when they're you know, a good game. One thing I always hated when I was in film school, people who would only show up when they were supposed to present something. I always felt angry and disrespected by them when they would do that. So I wholeheartedly believe what you believe in you and what you're saying. Well, I, I think I think more so. I think you should look at it as you know. I used to kind of get like that and perturb, but now I'm like, okay, great. Now I know there's like four or five less of you that don't really care, but when I care and get it done, you know, that, but see, again, showing up, that's like 90%. Exactly. Yeah. And when 90%, you know, you can't do 90%, what makes me think you're going to show up for the other 10%? Yeah. Yeah. You studied acting in college. May we ask where? I don't know. Did I say that? I don't know if I said that, but um, said a, a I theater, did. A theater friend from college. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I went to college in Louisiana and I studied theater. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't identify as being an actress anymore. So really? I don't really, oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I've moved into, I, I think, um, so several years ago, I got a job working on cruise ships, hosting cooking shows with chefs from all over the world. So I had this amazing job. And when I say a few years ago, now I'm thinking back, it was, it was, it was over 10 years ago, but it's time is just flying by. But I, I had this job working on cruise ships, hosting cooking shows. And every day I had a different chef from all over the world that would come in. And it was that job that made me realize that I enjoyed being me in front of groups of people other than way more than being an actor, being an actor in Los Angeles. There was a lot of focus on how I look and what I'm like. And, and it wasn't about me. So I, I didn't ever feel good about myself when I lived in LA and trying to be an actress because I was focused on how unperfect I was. And when I was out on these cruise ships sailing around the world and people are in my um, kitchen at the sea with these chefs and I'm doing these shows, I realized that people liked who I was just being me. So it was that at that point in time that I realized that I wanted to be a host. I didn't want to be an actor anymore. And, and I moved back to Los Angeles in 2010 
and I, I've never pursued acting since. Every once in a while, somebody will put me in something that they are doing. Sometimes I'm, I do like cameos on things with people that knew me as an actress back in the day. But I, I really realized that my, I'm more valuable sharing myself as who I really am in front of groups of people and children, especially than pursuing a career for something that didn't feel like me in the first place. So yeah, I did study acting, which gave me the confidence and the ability to be in front of groups of people and be an entertainer. And I did pursue it for many years after school. And then I had, like I said, I had the realization while working on cruise ships that I really loved being me in front of groups of people and that I loved how they responded. I love the sound of laughter when I say something silly and everybody gets me, you know, and so that live type of interaction with humans, just that's, that's what feeds me. And I did, as we've said a couple times now, I did pursue or pursued acting, but I was mostly a stage actress. And then um, when I was getting into that idea of being an entertainer, but not an actress, I started doing all these speaking competitions and started winning all these first place trophies, speaking in front of people, speaking my own words and competing. And that again was just another reminder that I'm good at being me in front of groups of people. And, and that was a very life changing experience as well. Just doing all these speaking competitions and everything like that. So I think everything in life kind of leads you to the next thing that you're supposed to be doing. And I've had this beautiful life full of so many opportunities and so many experiences. And when I look back, I'm like, oh, I got the job on the cruise ship so I could understand that I love, I want to do, I want to be me and I want to be in that baking world in some way. And, and then I started doing the speaking competitions and that led me to the next step. And then I started doing sales for this company and then it made me realize, Oh, I'm a good salesperson. I didn't know that. And then I started kind of combining all the things I've, when I started creating my company, I kind of combined all the things that I was really good at in my life when I was trying to decide what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm not happy. I don't want to hustle anymore. I want to do something for me. And I I was able to look at everything I'm good at and what I love. And I was like, Oh, I love working with children. I love teaching. I love baking. It's my favorite passion. I love performing in front of people and hosting things. And how can I combine those three things together to create something that's just unique for me? And then I was like, oh, at one, once upon a time ago, I did princess parties for children. <laughs> and I would get dressed up as, you know, clowns or the Little Mermaid or Cinderella. And I would go to these birthday parties and parents would pay money for princesses to come to parties. And I thought, I wonder if parents would pay money for a baking lady to come to parties. And maybe this baking lady looks kind of like a princess, but she isn't. She's a little smarter. Um, and she creates a, a party environment. So I just started brainstorming and that's how it all started for me. And now, honestly, 
my whole world just revolves around baking parties with children. You know, I still teach one night a week at my acting classes for kids. But other than that, I just do baking with children or decorating parties or challenge parties or whatever. And that I created my, my dream. And now my bigger dream is I got to get this show going. I've had, I've had the opportunity to pitch it a couple of times and we always get to the contract situation and that's pretty much where it fizzles out where it becomes a no with the lawyers. (laughs) So now I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, I created all this other stuff that I wanted to do. So now it's time to, to create the bigger stuff. And the bigger the dream is, the scarier it is to go for it, right? I'm sure everybody can relate yeah. to that. Because you're either going to fail or you're not. And sometimes it's easier to stay in that complacent place of, well, I didn't fail and I didn't succeed. I'll just stay there because that's the comfort zone, you know? And um yeah, it's it's easy to stay there. And when you get the nose, you're just like, ah, well, maybe I'll just take a break for a minute, you know. <laughs> but my, I, I just have to keep remembering and reminding myself why I want to create that show and why it's not actually for me. It's for so many other people out there. And um, I think it's really important. So that's what the next goal is get a kid show on tv <laughs> well there you that's have it. it ladies and gentlemen that's all, all i producers, got <laughs> all you producers are you all you higher ups all you and i'm putting in air quotes development people right? yes some producers looking for content there's a there's a perfect piece of content sitting right here with and, a built-in audience. With a very yeah. built-in. And, and, and her name is Melissa Randall, or better yet known as Baking with Melissa. Actually, I feel like what? I should do like, like one of those, like Wheel of Fortune. Yes! <laughs> oh, that would be awesome, man. Yeah, that would be super cool. You know, actually, every, everything. I think you need to make that happen, Larry. <laughs> I, I could. I really could. Yeah. And, then, and then when you make it, I could get royalties, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Spoken like a true person, always uh, on the lookout for something to do. Um, but actually, everything you just said, you covered what it is to be an actor and to find actually that your acting passion was really a, a, a way to really become who you're supposed to be, I think. You know, yeah, um, it opened the door for me to discover, yeah, who, yeah. who I, yeah, where I was supposed to go and where, who I'm supposed to be, yeah. You know, you know, when I was, when I was, when I first started doing acting and a lot of commercials and stuff, and even now, um, like with the little things that I do, I do more like filmmaking stuff because obviously I, I couldn't do. I couldn't have one simple person turn on a, a recorder to do an interview when I'm in front of it. And if I was behind it, I wouldn't have been able to be in front of it. So that, that's a little right. tricky sometimes. But, yeah. but spoken, spoken, and, and, and really, when you were talking about earlier um, about like teaching kids and, and throwing your performer self into not just like just being in the moment, every moment that you're at these parties, that, that speaks to what a true performer really is because it's not just about stepping out on stage and go, Oh my God, here's one more performance I got to do. No, a performer 
is going to be like, okay, I got to get into this. I know what I'm going to do and all this and that. So I, yeah, I, it's like the biggest improv show ever. Right. Right. And, yeah. and, and, but also I think that speaks to you, who you were as an actress. Like, it seems like you were, because, and, and this is like really like actory speak or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, you know, when you're doing an improv or when you're doing acting, you know, you're always, I'm a, I'm a giver, I guess. Like, you know, I like playing with people as, as opposed to, you know, people going, no, I want to do my own thing. And I'm like, but I'm trying to help you and go, no, okay, I'm going to follow you. So it's, it's, it, it, to me, it, it's, it speaks to where I think what it sounds like and the way that it feels you were as a performer, you were a very giving performer. So because based on what you do as an improv, you just give, you, you know, give yourself to the performance and to your audience. And but also yeah. that speaks to the, the, the stage performer, that, the, the background that you came from. And so that's awesome. Um, Thank you. It's, you're welcome. Yeah, it's fun. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, my goodness gracious, girl, is there yeah. anything else? I mean, I, 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 I can almost see like, books in the in the future or you know some kind of well oh wait wait we haven't even given okay so all your links will be in the description yeah everything mm-hmm. all that stuff what is the best way that they can contact you to set up these parties well the best thing for anyone to do is to go to the website which is bakingwithmelissa.com and all the party packages and the pricing and everything is listed directly on the website. So the best thing for people to do if they're interested in having a party with me is to go there see if if what I offer is what you're looking for and then there is a contact button that you can push on the website if you want to directly message me. I usually prefer people to have an, a sense of the different party options and everything before they contact me just so we're all speaking the same language. <laughs> uh, but people could message me on any social media platform or just by simply messaging me at Melissa at Melissa. Wait, no, sorry. Melissa at baking with Melissa.com. All of a sudden I was saying my name so many times. I didn't know what I was saying anymore. <laughs> so yes. So just Melissa at baking with Melissa.com or bakingwithmelissa.com to find out more information about the parties and then you can find you can just google baking with melissa and find out everything you might want to know Heck yeah <laughs> so, and, and what yeah. is what is the usual um how long should people contact you in advance well if you want to make sure you get the date that you're looking for i highly recommend people calling two months out if you call the week before, I'm probably already booked. If you call a month before, I'm getting pretty booked for the month, you know, the next month. So if you if you are saying I really want a party on July seventh, you want to call, you know, in at least by June. But if or, you can go earlier, even or now. better. Or now. Or yeah. now, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, Some mamas will want, they know they want me, and I will get booked out six or eight months in advance. And wow. it's a little scary to take something that far in the future because you don't know what's going on, you know? Right. But they they'll, they don't want to miss out. There, there have been people that I just cannot fit them in because I'm a one-woman operation here. So... Yeah. There's only so many weekends in a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. And what mm-hmm. is how many times um, mm-hmm. have ha, okay? Actually, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this about repeat okay. customers because because the best because the best form of like uh not flattery but how many repeat customers do you have is what i'm trying to get at yeah so the great thing is most people who have children have another child right so i get called in to do the older sister's party and then a year or two years later the mom will call back and say oh my older daughter had such a good time and now my younger daughter wants a party just like she had or maybe the daughter was younger and I did a party for her. And then a couple of years later, she's old enough to do like the challenge kind of parties that I offer for the older crowd. And the parents will call and book me again. It does happen. I won't say like it's not every month that I'm doing a repeat client, but it does happen quite often. And something else that happens is maybe little Sally had a party at, you know, so-and-so's house or Sally went to that party and then she loved it so much. She wants a party with me now. So now what happens every single month, multiple times a month is I run into children that have already met me at other parties and they'll say, Oh, I know you, (laughs) you were at so-and-so's party. And, and now when I have multiple kids at a party say, I've met you before, I'll, I'll say, raise your hand if you've met me before. And half the party (laughs) raises their hand. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy that I'm running around in the mommy circles, you know, (laughs) the mommy circles of Beverly Hills or Brentwood, you know? And so it's, it's, it's been really great because for me, that says a lot about my reputation. Mm -hmm. If, the moms are recommending me to their friends or I go to a party and the little girl loved it so much. She, she now wants a party like her friends had. So it's been such a, it's such a cool, it's been such a cool experience and just watching it evolve and change over the years. And, and uh, I just, I have a lot of gratitude that I get I get to do this. It never feels like oh, I have to go to work or I have to do this thing. It's this, I can't believe I get to do this. It's this so is insane. Awesome. That's cool. I get to like make cupcakes with children. It's so brilliant. <laughs> and um, it just, it's, yeah. When you know that saying, when you find the thing you're supposed to be doing in the life, in life, you never feel like you'll work a day. I know yeah. I butchered that. I don't know how it really goes, but it's something That's like that. I, yep. I relate to that very much. And in, in that somehow I, I got to create something that just makes me happy. I'm not running around in Gucci shoes. I don't even know what they actually are, but I know they're expensive. Um, so I don't have those. So I'm not like running around, you know, with money falling off of trees, but I'm happy and I get to do something that I love. And to me, I, I can't, there's, it's invaluable. It's like, it's the best feeling. So yeah. yay. <laughs> and yeah, you know, if, if we can all, if we could all say that we're doing something that we, we love, we, I think we'd all be better for it. Um, Gosh, we all would be. Yeah. 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 And, and, and God bless you for, for, for looking after the kids. Cause again, I think, I think everybody needs a little art and special time and just building up. So thank you for, yeah. 
for taking the time. This is probably the the easiest and the best podcast I've ever I've ever been a part of because you're just such a good guest and I mean, so uplifting and yeah, this funny. <laughs> Thank you. It was like eating a cupcake. Oh, <laughs> it's so sugary sweet, like a cupcake. That's awesome. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode. Again, all of Melissa's links will be in the description of this video. Um, yeah, and all I can say is have a happy, safe, and awesome weekend. Woot woot. <laughs>